I'm here at the Game Developers Conference online in Austin, Texas, and with me today is a special guest. How about you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Kevin Bray. I am a graphics programmer. Okay, yeah, so you were interviewed on this show last year. Uh, can you talk about uh, what the project was about? Yeah, I basically built an engine that had mega textures as its main feature, um, and the goal there was to try and build a good product that I could hopefully license to somebody and then raise some money and then hopefully build a game, yeah. etc. And um, so you spent a number of years on that. Uh, what's the status of that product? Well, I spent four years on it specifically, and um, right now it's just kind of hanging out. It's not really doing anything. Um, I don't really... I've kind of, you know, in, in my mind, I have a business partner associated with it, so I have kind of legal constraints. I can't just go off and do whatever I want. So that's one of the reasons I'm just letting it sit right now. Um, plus, I've kind of gathered some other research, and I've just started kind of going off in a different direction. Yeah. So how hard was it to walk away from that project? And, um, you know, what do you consider that walking away? Is it... Is that quitting, or is it just you found a better iteration? Like you're iterating, you know, an, an interesting metaphor that some people have said is that you can iterate on the same product, or you can iterate over several products. Yeah. Um, well, it, it wasn't necessarily my decision to do so. Uh, I would say there's just complications with uh, business, personal finance, um, business partner and his personal finance. Um, I, it wasn't necessarily that I wanted to walk away from it as much as I needed money. <laughs> so on the business end, and what would you do differently if you if you came in with another partner? I think there are that's something that isn't really discussed. But when you're starting up companies, you're doing small things. What are, what are things that you need that you should have considered beforehand when you just jump in willy nilly with a partner? Um, I should have taken the exit strategy a little more seriously. I should have had a plan for well, what would happen if we need to get jobs, or what would happen if something got in the way of us being able to work on it. Yeah. I just kind of assumed that neither one of us would screw over the other, and neither one of us did. It's just. Yeah. You know, life kind of got in the way, and you know, we both had to step away from it, and neither of us really have had the chance to get back to it or the opportunity to get back to it. I guess I technically have, but and my so, business partner hasn't. And yeah, so maybe then if you did dissolve the company, maybe each one would own the same rights or own pro could resell the thing, and maybe that wouldn't have held things up. Or yeah, I, th I think I think having a plan for that, um, yeah. you know, like what you said, or you know, any probably any number of things really would have been better than what we had, which is nothing, <laughs> which is kind of like a you know yeah. we're in a position where we just don't know what to do. Yeah. So so you spent four years. Um, you didn't gain any traction. Um, so what were you thinking at that point? <laughs> Uh, disappointed. Um, it's still disappointing. I mean, it's it's a large part of my life, but at the same time, I also feel like I've learned a whole lot from it. Um, I've never, prior to that project, I'd never really been of a, a part of any kind of project where I was able to try to innovate and try to do something different or new or complicated that I didn't immediately have reference materials for. And, you know, learning how to do that has been really invaluable. Yeah. So how do you take those learning experiences and what are you going to do with them? How are you going to apply them to the future to, to make your big hit? <laughs> well, I mean, for me, I'm just going to adapt what I do. I'm going to change it. Um, I'm going to take the lessons learned and try to, you know, augment what I do and try to find a better a better thing, um, a better a better process. And kind of the thing about research is that you, it's not really obvious what you, all, what you need to do. And as a result, you oftentimes need to not just research what it is you're trying to research, not the topic, but you're also trying to research how to 
effectively develop something new when there is no yeah. you know existing material for it. Yeah. So you're in the realm of invention and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And okay, so let's talk about the next project that you're doing. Um, you know, how is it different? What are you going to do different this time? So, and what's what's the end goal? You know, you talked about thinking about some of these things beforehand. You know, these business um, issues beforehand. So let's let's talk about what the end goal is for. for your Sure. Um, well, I'm a tech guy, and so really what I want to do is I want to try to introduce new technology that I think would be useful to our industry. And in order to really do that, like my, my previous thinking was, well, if I build a good engine, someone will come along and buy it, regardless of whether or not there's risk involved. And that really wasn't the case. Whereas with this, what I'm trying to do now is I'm trying to invent some new tech and then say, and then, and then build something on top of it and prove it and say, see, look, this can work. And hopefully people will come and adopt it. So why not just, you know, the, the reason why people will adopt something is when they see a lot of people, when, when they see a lot of money being made on it, you know. And so why not just then focus on getting players first? You know, once you get players, they can give you feedback. You can build a community. You can see where the tech actually becomes relevant to people. Instead of just pure research, you're actually, it's more people-centric. Um, why not do that? Because that seems like a more potentially... Uh, faster way to reach success? Well, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. Um, basically, I started working on my current project about probably four months ago is when I really started doing any kind of serious research. And, you know, my goal is to have something, have a very, very quick turnaround time, invent this piece of tech that I see as being very useful, and then build a game on it. Build a game around it. Build a project around it. And don't, don't focus on building a great engine. Focus on building a good game. Show people what it can do for them. And that's, that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to do effectively. It's just, how do I get there? I can't really, I can't, there, there has to be some period of time where I have to be building something, you know, and be it, you know, new tech or be it whatever. And I don't want to invest a heavy amount of time if my research, if it turns out that it doesn't pan out, then I don't want to have to have built a game with the notion that I'm going to plug this tech into it later and then not have anywhere to really go from there. Okay. So. Well, since you're more into the technology, why not then just start an open source project? What's preventing you from being something like ODE um, or some other open source tool that can actually be used by everyone else? Well, I haven't really ruled that out. Um, the reason that I haven't open sourced my current project is you know, I still don't have everything fleshed out, and I don't really want that. I don't really see research as like a community thing, and for me, it's not really... It's, it's not really something that I like to work with other people on, and that's just personal preference. Um, later on, like as it becomes more of an engine and becomes more of a, a thing, if you will, um, then I wouldn't mind doing something like that. It's just in the early stage, I don't really want to do that. I mean, you've heard of things like the Unreal 4 engine and stuff like that. So, you know, why do people want to license that? Because it's got this huge game behind it that it's, yeah. it's proven. So, you know, why not... Um, you know, I, I don't know. I guess, like, why not consider that? I know, I guess it seems like maybe you're just, you're more interested in the research and the invention. Yeah. And maybe the game stuff doesn't even matter. So maybe that's... Right. No, no, no. The game stuff definitely does matter. I definitely have an idea in mind. Um, and I do think that it will be interesting. Um, the kinds of environments that I want to do, the, the tech that I'm working on will effectively enable you to have... Um, you won't need triangles. And as a result, everything becomes texture. And when everything's texture, you can stream it really easily. 
And so what I can then do is I can create this, I can create a world that has effectively as many, as much geometry as you have texels, right? So your texture defines your world. So you can have ridiculously high resolution stuff, which allows me to then take um, something like, like procedural content, for instance. I can take a terrain and I can have this, you know, 40 million polygon terrain, and I can bake this in to this texture data, and then I'm done. And at that point, I can stream it, and I can show it in all its all its glory. And so that's well. How does how does that affect gameplay? So let's talk about how your inventions can affect gameplay, because you know, for it to be a huge game, it's going to have to be, in my opinion, and you know, who knows, whatever, but. In my opinion, it's going to have to affect gameplay in some way, right? Because you've got Unreal 4, you've got all these things that are already doing graphics and all that. So how is your innovations going to affect gameplay? Well, for me, it's more about removing limitations, right? You have to build art that's heavily parameterized. You have to do all kinds of... Basically, artists have to jump through a lot of hoops just to get content into the game, and then design has to work with art. And that, that ends up being a very complex process, and it's easy to get things wrong. And so I see that that communication as a serious overhead that needs to be addressed. Especially now, I mean, you, you see these art teams, it's not un- uncommon to see a 100-man art team. And to me, that's astronomical. And part of that is that we're not just making them make more stuff. We're making them make stuff that takes longer to make. Okay. So you, it's, it's like a two-fold problem. And really what I'm trying to do here is I'm trying to address that issue and make it so that a 10-man art team can just say, yeah, well, you know, this is what we want to do. And they go and do that focusing on the art rather than all these limitations of gameplay and normal maps and all this other crap. They can literally just get down to what it is they want to do and their vision for the level and hopefully do that fairly quickly and for the things that they're not really interested in have some kind of procedural content or have something there to fill in the blanks and that's not very possible. It's very difficult to do with current generation technology because of all the constraints, because of all that the parameterization that needs to happen and I mean that's that's the goal of this technology so I guess what I'm getting at is that more you know they can get it they can do more stuff and as a result we can deliver more content much quicker now what about people who are saying that everything's going to mobile anyways you know web and stuff like that that doesn't even really need or it the, the graphics engine the graphics card doesn't matter as much I mean does that have an impact are you thinking about actually developing tools that work in mobile which is relatively new compared to PC space um, I don't see the PC space is going anywhere really I, I I see mobile as an interesting augmentation. I don't necessarily think that people will sit down at their computer and pop out their iPhone and start playing an iPhone game rather than their computer, assuming they've got games on their computer and they like to play computer games. Um, that said, I, I, I don't necessarily... Me, personally, I'm not trying to shift my attention away from the PC. Uh, I really like the PC as a platform. I like the open nature of it. I like the low, low barrier to entry. And I, I would personally... I personally would like to see that platform... You know, have an extended life. And so, in the pre-interview, we talked about ways that you're going to accelerate the uh, this project. So instead of taking four years to find out that it didn't work, you're going to find out sooner. What what steps are you taking to actually accelerate this project? And things that other developers can learn in terms of ways to mitigate risk and to accelerate. You know, find a way to reach success sooner. 
Well, I think the keys, there's a couple of keys to research that I've personally found. One of those is metrics. Having a clearly defined goal is extremely important. The other thing is trying to isolate the different pieces. Oftentimes, an invention is a collection of lots of smaller inventions. And as a result, it takes a lot of time to get to that point because if, if you're trying to build the whole thing all at once, then you end up you end up building something and then you realize, oh, well, this piece doesn't work, so you end up having to throw it away and restart it. And really what you need to do is you need to isolate the little components and build small applications, test it out, you know, have your goal clearly defined, and then try to meet that goal for each one of those little components. So you mean mini prototypes, kind of like how game developers will do that for game designs. That's exactly right. Yeah. Um, but how do you keep motivated being a lone developer now? Um, I know that's something that you prefer, but how do you... I mean, having feedback can help, can't it, or no? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's why I do events like this, really. I like okay. to go out and I like to talk to people. I like to bounce my ideas off of people, and oftentimes people will give me some kind of feedback. They'll give me some kind of insight, or they'll say, oh, well, I've worked with X, and that's I found that to be really nice, or... Or they'll say, "Oh, this I tried something similar and it was really horrible," and you know, and that gives me some ideas. It's like, "Oh, well, maybe I should, maybe I should focus on this, or maybe I should kind of cut back a little bit on on something else." Okay, cool. And uh, do you have a dev blog or something else where listeners can check up on what you're doing, maybe give you feedback, stuff like that? I do. I, I go to um, it's www.bray3d.com. Okay. How do you spell that? B R B R A Y 3D.com. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs>